I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm back with a short episode here from Dauphine. We just finished stage four. Um, This is just a quick, quick episode with my roommate, Alex Cataford. So there won't be much editing or stuff like that. It's I'm I'm too tired to do anything like that. So I just want to introduce Alex. He's my roommate um, for this race, and it's the first time we actually race together. Um, most people, offer, welcome, Alex. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you didn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> so most people in Denmark, I don't think they would know much about you um you're 27 years old you're from canada and uh you try to say out 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 (laughs) yeah the way they say (laughs) it in canada um we've been teammates for two years now uh but we haven't raced together before now uh we often train together in girona and you're a hard man to train with so you're a good training buddy yeah it's it's kind of funny like that it's funny when we came here that we haven't actually raced together yet because yeah. we've been, like you said, teammates for two years. And fuck, in Girona, we actually do ride together yeah. a yeah. fair bit. And like, I feel like when me and you train together, it's pretty close to racing. But <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's harder. Sometimes it's harder. Yeah. But no, it's fun. But yeah, it's nice to finally actually pin on some numbers side by side and yeah. do that. So. Yeah. And maybe the last and most important thing in this introduction is that you raced the Junior Worlds in Copenhagen yes. in 2011. Yeah. I won, and you came dead last. I think I was dead last. You were. I checked in, it. In my defense, I'm we discussed, we talked pretty about sure, this before. Yeah, I had like, something was wrong. I had a puncture, and then I had like switched the bike two or three times or something like that. I also didn't know what I was doing, so I remember I like had a puncture but still rode on the puncture for like 3k because <laughs> i was a junior and then switched the bike but then wanted to switch the bike back and yeah it was pretty typical of those yeah. times but it was a good memory though it was my yeah. first race in europe actually so that's kind of shitty to go from canada first race in europe yeah and you get did you race the road race as well yeah i did the road race i think i finished i think I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I finished, but not definitely not in the peloton. So, <laughs> okay. So we're at Dauphine. Stage four just finished. Um, the setting is our room. Like in Dauphine, we are in France, and I have honestly I don't know where we are in France. No. Um, the room is a weird room. Like, uh, we walk into the room when we get here, and there's just one double bed, and I fear that, oh, fuck, now we have to sleep in the same bed together. Yeah. Uh, then look around, and there's actually, uh, I don't know how you say it, it's this in English. Uh, in Danish, it's uh, in, uh, in like hips. A loft. In hips, yeah, there's a loft, yeah. and uh, another bed up there. So, I was clever in the first hotel. I gave you this big bed and i took the small bed so you owed me the big bed so you're staying up yeah. there so i was staying upstairs i got my little like 
lair up there that I hang out in. <laughs> Climbing Especially, down a ladder to get to the toilet yeah, in, I'm in the I night. I fallen down in the ladder yet, yeah. but anyways, we change again tomorrow, so I think we probably go to some shitty campanile or something like that. Oh, but man. In France, I don't know, man. In France, often the hotels aren't so glamorous. People think of pro racing, and they think, oh, it's nice and stuff, but a lot of times we're... Uh, Living on top of each other in these kind of shitty hotels. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Two days ago, we were in a, in a hotel where we we couldn't have two suitcases open in no. the room. Like and there only, was nothing, and only hot air coming from the AC. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so my podcast in Danish is called Ruderschagong, like rider lingo. Yeah. And every guest has to bring a word, or and. Not a full expression, but something we say in cycling. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you have something from uh, from Canada. So I'm going to steal this one from my Quebecois friends. And there's this word that you say, well, two words. And you say you're abluck. And it basically means that you're on the chopping block. So it's when you're in a race and you're really at your limit and you're about to blow and you're near the end. You say that you're you're vraiment à bloc. Vraiment, vraiment, really vraiment. à bloc. Ah. Yeah, cool. That's a good one. Yeah. So, Dauphiné. How was uh, yeah the race so far? Anything funny happened during the stages? Any of these stories to tell? Yeah, I mean, probably my fuck the word that i brought to this podcast probably sums up the dauphine pretty good so far ab look yeah it's strong peloton here i mean a lot of uh guys kind of use this either as the preparation to go for the tour or for the selection to make the team for the tour those who know they are going to the tour they yeah. are using it as prep race and yeah. the rest are using it as a selection it's a race. so it's just it's hard fast racing man right from the gun I mean, we haven't seen crazy long time for the break to go yet, but it's more just nervous all the time. Like, it's just, everyone's just ramming their bars into your ass and yeah. stuff like that. Even, what was it, yesterday, we were talking about this at dinner that, like, there was maybe going to be crosswinds or 60K to go. So then every team was totally fucking stressed out. And then we basically did the last 60K of the race lined out across the entire road shoulder to shoulder no one could move an inch for 60k just nervous nothing and, and nothing in, happened in tv it looks like we're going easy it looks like you're going but easy we're but fucking flying like. that's one thing sometimes when you watch cycling on tv man like the times when it looks easy and everyone's riding side by side trust me the we're going fucking fast and it's full stress it's yeah. not it's not easy it is not really fun so yeah i have a story to tell about Miguel Biao. ah yeah Because on the first day, I'm not feeling super good on the first day, and I dropped last time up the the last climb. Um, and then I think McNulty he had some trouble or something. I don't know what it yeah. was. So when I drop, Mikkel is is uh, he's waiting for McNulty to try and bring him back. Yeah, and they pass me. Uh, And yeah, whatever. I go easy to the top, find a group, and uh, this is short descent until the last, like we do 1.5k more uphill. And there, Miguel is on the left, getting helped by uh, like a fan on the road to put his chain back on because he apparently he dropped it. Oh no! And then I'm in a group and we pass, and then like 
700 meters before the top of the like the real final climb, Miguel is coming. He's flying around us like <laughs> and going all in. And yeah. I have no idea what he was going all in for. Because normally at that point, you're like, okay, the peloton is three minutes in front. Yeah. I'm going to save my legs for yeah. tomorrow. And we caught him again. Yeah. And then I tried to like understand what he did, why he did it. Yeah. And, but and I still haven't understood why he was going like that. But that was, I know Miguel really well now. And, and that's just a, a typical Miguel Biao thing to do. Yeah. I think it's just, Man, we all do it at some point because we're all just racers. So it's like programmed into us to go as hard as you can. Because sometimes, yeah, you see some things and you really think like, um, for example, yesterday in the sprint, um, we're going up the sprint and it's kind of like a little, it kind of kicks towards the line. So there's going to be some gaps and stuff. And you see some guys who are in 60th position just going as hard as they can to stay in the bunch. And like, when you think about it, you're like, man, guys, fuck, we got four days and the mountains coming up. Mm. Like the extra 10 seconds behind that you're going to be isn't like, going to make a difference at all. But it's I just think it's because we're just like hardwired to just like, yeah, just go for it. So but there's like 100 guys of us or 110, 20 guys yeah. who aren't going to be anything in GC. Yeah. But we all kill ourselves. Well, we still do it. We want to hang on as long you as just, possible. That's the thing. You just you, stupid you just idiots. don't want to give up. Stupid idiots. You never yeah. want to give up. And it's stupid. Like fuck. When you think about it, it's stupid. But in the moment, you just you you just say, Nah, fuck. I'm not going to be that guy. Because you could like yeah. the story you just told at, uh, at dinner today. Yeah. That Michael Hepburn. He's just doing 300 watts. As uh, soon as you start, he start climbing on a on a mountain stage. Yeah. He do his own power. Yeah. The whole day, and if you know he, he's got what was it, three hundred watts or something, or five watts per kilo or something like that, but then you just you make it. Then he makes time cut. You make time cut, and he's not in red. Like no, exactly. He gets like he gets tired and exhausted, but he's he's not on. Like, he's, you, yeah, you don't go. It's not. But yeah, most of us, even fuck me included, like you just hang on. <laughs> yeah. Even you'll be going up a climb, and it's a eight or nine k climb, and two k in, you're just on the limit already. And, like, there's no fucking way you'll make it. No. Like, there's seven more K left to go, but yeah. you still you still go until you explode. You don't pace it ever. It's yeah. just bike racing, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, so today we had a TT day, and I thought it would be uh, a good idea to talk through how a TT day is, actually. Because yeah. when you watch it in, in television, it's 16K like it was today, 16K. Yeah. TT and then no more. So for many, it can seem like an easy day. But actually it isn't. Because even when you think of all the stuff around this whole, this TT effort you're going to do, it's it's a long day normally. It is. It's just like, it's a long day and it's like a logistically just big day. Like, yeah. And it's also like, I don't know, mentally, it's a lot. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, you, you see on TV and you think that we're just going hard for whatever, 20 minutes or 30 minutes. But, like, you get up, you have your breakfast, but then everyone goes. Yeah, well, so how is your routine today? Let's let's do today yeah. as an example. You wake up when, you have breakfast. What do you have for breakfast? You do yeah. recon. Like... So yeah, go like through, I'll give you through the day. 
Like, so my day, whatever, I, I wake up early. So I woke up at like 7.30 today. Anyways. And then, yeah, so normally, depending on when my start time is, but like, for example, today I was a bit after 2 o'clock. But usually your start time is mid to late afternoon, depending on where you are in the GC. So you get up, you have a little breakfast. Then and what do you have for breakfast? Actually, you have some bread, you have some granola, you usually with oats or rice or. I actually like to take my TT days to have, like, oatmeal and granola and yogurt because that's normally what I eat for breakfast. But when we're racing these stage races, usually I do rice and stuff in the morning because it's better. What kind of granola with chocolate? Or nah, nuts I can't. Or I have to avoid the chocolate one because if I start, I just. I won't stop. Yeah, it's so uh, I try I try and keep it mostly to porridge. Like when the when the morale is high, I can keep just porridge most of the race. Yeah. If the morale starts to go down, I might start tucking into the granola a bit more. You saw the big the big jar of Nutella, like that good oh, Italian organic uh, uh Nutella in the kitchen truck. But see yeah, no, nah, but for me I bet let's say I say it will be opened Saturday morning. Oh, the day after the first mountain. I think the the morning of the first mountain stage. Tomorrow? No, not tomorrow. On oh, Friday. Friday. Because tomorrow's hilly, but it's not a mountain stage. Yeah, I think Friday morning. But for me, being North American, I like. Okay, we love our Nutella there, but I'm I'm a peanut butter guy. Yeah, I would, I'm not. See me if I start a jar of peanut butter, it'll be gone in like two days. I can't buy it at home, and I asked my uh, fiance not to buy it either because yeah. if we have it around the house, oh fuck. It's gone. It's gone. So okay. So you have oats and granola for breakfast at yeah on the TT days. Yeah, usually I have something like that, and then basically, like for example today, because my start was at two, you eat again at like eleven o'clock. That's one thing I find about TT days. I find that you're just eating all the time at weird times. Yeah, like and, you're, and cause you don't small, have like lunch. small amounts actually. Yeah, you have like small meals, but often because like you gotta like eat three hours or three and a half hours for your race. So usually you're eating at like you have lunch at like eleven, eleven thirty, and then you also have a recovery at like four o'clock, like a meal at four. Like you're just eating at weird times, and you want to have like a little snack maybe an hour before your race. Like yeah. it's just like you're just always eating. I find, and it's always about the timing of yeah. when you eat yeah. stuff. So, so then, yeah, so today at 11... You had your rice meal. I had my rice. Rice and eggs. I didn't even have eggs. I just had just rice and just yogurt. Just rice and rice yogurt. And, yogurt. and I mixed a little yogurt and honey in the rice. Yeah, that's because we've been doing a little bit of uh, like low-fiber yeah. uh, diet here. Yeah. So we have a lot of rice for breakfast. Uh, so yeah. rice for breakfast is, I find it really heavy because I'm an oats guy. Mm-hmm. Um And then I mixed it together with plain yogurt yeah, and some honey. And then it feels like a dessert. And then you have half a kilo of dessert in front of you for breakfast. Exactly. No, man, that's I've been doing that for the last couple of years. Like you mix your rice with like some yogurt, some honey, some yeah, of that Nutella sweet. once we get to the Denout Mountain stages. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, it's fucking good, man. Yeah. It's super good. So rice as your race meal. Yeah, it's my pre-race meal. And then basically, so I ate that basically on the way to the start. It was pretty close start today. We only had like a 20-minute drive to get there. Yeah. Then basically right when we get there, what everyone does is, um, because they close the course like a couple hours before um, the first riders go off. So you actually go and ride the course because like you 
that's the thing. Like when we do these races, you've actually never seen the course and what you're up against and the corners and where the potholes and stuff like that are and what the climbs are like. So we go and we just do a lap. Depends. Some people do this lap super easy. Some people actually go pretty hard on the lap. I went hard today. I wanted to feel the legs on the on the climb on my recon on the climb. Sometimes you have. I was I was pushing four hundred because I need. I've been feeling my legs. Yeah, I haven't had. You know, in Denmark we say like it's not um, like uh, hole in my legs like like Uh, like, and then it's like I feel like I needed to get some lactate in my legs to get it all pumped up. It's a weird thing. Like I don't know if it's. I'm sure other sports are the same, but sometimes you gotta like, you gotta feel it a bit to yeah. feel better. Yeah. Like if you're too, if you don't do anything, you actually kind of feel a bit worse. Yeah. Or just like it hits you in the face faster when you actually start going hard. Yeah. No, but some like I usually, I don't push hard on the recon lap, but I definitely like, I don't ride easy. I no. ride like, well, for those cycles. You also want to feel the corners it, at, at a certain speed. Cause you want to feel the corners and... Stuff like that, because if you go too easy, you take a corner, you say, oh, for sure, you can take this corner with no brakes or anything. And then you get in the race, and you're like, oh, fuck, this is like... You can stay in the bars, you yeah, can exactly. stay in the skis, but actually, and then you... you're like, pretty fucked, so... Fuck it up, yeah. So, fuck. So then, anyways, yeah, you do a lap, ride back to the bus, get out of your kit, eat again. Usually, you eat a little snack. Yeah. Like an hour, this is usually something pretty small, like either like a gel or a banana or a bar or something like that. Um, before, and then yeah, you just gotta chill out for a bit. We had the French Open on TV. Yeah, when I forget who was playing, we were just kind of sitting there watching Looked the French like, Open. Uh, Russian names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone was uh, complaining a lot. Yeah, someone was like, yeah, yeah, with the referee. <laughs> so, anyways, we just kind of sit there, and it, but it's also a bit funny because you got everyone at different because obviously we're all off at different times, like some guys are half an hour before an hour after whatever so like when you're doing your pre-ride someone else is maybe having in their pre-race meal and some guys actually maybe putting on his helmet to go to the start so it's kind of like i've had days where i'm in on on gc and i have to start in the very last bit and i've been sitting on the bus for three hours oh you can be there forever yeah yeah because they because once if you want to do the pre-ride it obviously closes before the first rider goes off but then sometimes from the first rider to the last guys can be two and a half, three hours. Yeah. So you just then I up. always jump in the car behind yeah. one of the riders to also see it one more time and yeah. see it at race pace. Yeah, you can see. Is... But it's always, yeah, there's just like a lot of shit going on. You got staff running around doing mechanics trying to fix TT, TT bikes because fuck, TT bikes are notorious for <laughs> being mechanics hate them because yeah. they always got like a thousand different bolts and yeah. all this yeah. kind of shit. And, Stuff like that. So anyways, so yeah, you chill out and then eventually you start. That's what I always find it's hard when you're like, you spent so much of the day trying to relax and stuff. And then all of a sudden you start getting whatever you got to start your warm up and maybe the next 20 minutes. And then you got to start getting like in the headspace. Yeah. You got yourself like pumped up a bit. So it's a bit hard to like, what do you do then? You put on some music. I usually do music. What do you listen to? Uh, I like rap music. Yeah, yeah. That's like, all you have a good... North Americans like yeah. the electro dance kind of thing we have here. Nah, not so much. Like out, yeah. You know the the I think he's Italian DJ like classic tunes like uh, the riddle and these kind. Uh, yeah, Gigi D'Agostino. 
Yeah. Woodsy had no idea who it was. No, he I never don't heard know. It I don't know a single DJ. I couldn't name you a DJ. But when you hear the song, you you I probably would know. You it, would yeah. know it. But yeah. I played the riddle. Yeah. And he had he'd never heard it before. Nah, we're different. Yeah, like I usually get so, so like Guillaume. He also uh, it was one of the first races of the season. He put on some of he put on some of his music. Yeah. And it was only this rap music, and us yeah. Europeans, we were like, "What the fuck is this shit? We don't want to listen yeah, to yeah, this." Yeah. Here, I'll be DJ. Uh, <laughs> no, we. I don't know. I like. I throw on some like MF Doom. That gets me going. Some old school, like some Outcast. That as well. So yeah. So usually I do that, and then the other thing that actually fuck, the thing that helps me get in the mindset is I start doing the small stuff. Like I put like my number on and I like put my shoe covers on and th- I find that kind of stuff. It, then you're like, okay, it's time to race. You clean the visor of your helmet. Like yeah. this kind of like small shit that like really you don't have to do. Like I even me, I clean my shoes before every race, even if they're clean, but it's just like a routine thing to yeah. like get yeah. me, get me going. And get I me always put my right number on first. Yeah, exactly. Like every cyclist is these like dumb little Weird things, face. but it's just, it just, yeah. It's a habit, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So then yeah, you d- then you do the r- warm up, which always you always feel like shit. I felt super good in my warm up. Oh really? I, yeah. I I don't know if it's because it's the turbo trainer. I hate it. Oh, I I always get on the turbo trainer. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have the worst day on my bike. It also depends on the turbo trainer. Yeah. The ones we have, like the elite ones, I feel good on those. The elite but ones with, much better than other ones. I've with Katushi, we sure. had tax. Yeah. And I always felt shit. Uh, sometimes, yeah. And sometimes, I mean, okay, it was okay today because it, um, it was pretty breezy and not too hot. But sometimes you're just on there and it's hot. Yeah. And you just, your pedal stroke never feels as good. And uh, you got people like looking at you like on the, beside the fence and stuff like that. I know. I always, the warm up, I, I've, at least I've learned that I'm going to feel like shit and I don't overthink it anymore. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Warm up, done. Go to the start. Yeah, you go to the start, they check your bike, like, because there's whatever the rules for whatever your bike has to do, you go to the start, and then you hit it, yeah, and then basically you go, like, it, it, the other thing, too, is it depends, like, on the TT days, lots of people have different objectives, like, for example, for me today, because I'm here as a, like, as a domestique, a helper at this race, I was actually told by the DSs to take it easy on the TT, but like, okay, easy is a thing because, you know, we have time limits. So you need to finish within a certain time. So you still have to push, but you're not going to your limits. So, you know, for someone like me today, it's a bit less of a stressful day. But then you have either the TT specialists like you, Mads, or the GC guys who it's a really, really important effort. So then there's more stress and not stress, but, you know, like they're really going for it. So it's it's a bit funny in the TT days. Everyone's got a different yeah. objective, you know? Yeah. Like, like for it, me, there's always some kind of pressure. Exactly, yeah. Finally, in actually in Romandie, I fought because on the day before the TT, I was in the breakaway on this mountain stage that Woodsy yeah. he won, and I had suffered through that race. It was yeah. my first race, kind of like since Tirreno, mm-hmm. and I was just in pain all the time. And then I make it in this breakaway, and while I'm there, I'm thinking, okay, tomorrow on the TT. Like Romandy finished with a TT. Yeah. Tomorrow is gonna be the first TT in my life where I don't go full. It is nice. And then we get to the bus. Woodsy gets back. He's in the jersey, 
and I start two and a half hours before Woods or something. Yeah. And then Rick, our uh, director, he says to me, Matt, you go full tomorrow because we need some split times for Woodsy and he go in the car behind you to see the corners. Oh, ah, fuck. Fuck. So then I had pressure on the yeah. TT again. Yeah. Well, at least, yeah. No, it's always, yeah, it's just funny, the TT day, because it's so different, like, because whenever you would ever do a road race, like a normal stage or a one-day race, like, there's the clear, like, team goal and everyone's together. It's really, like, this is how the team is going to operate today. This is what we're doing. We're working all together. But then TT, obviously, is individual. So some guys like me today don't have any pressure or stress, whereas some guys do. And it's just, so it's a bit funny. You see that on the bus and you can see the different dynamics sometimes. But yeah. 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 So. Okay. Mountains is coming up. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel like we have to talk much about that. It's going to be survival good training hopefully some good performances and uh, maybe we have two guys who can uh, do a result i know for sure we got two guys coming up and anyways like you said it's it'll be good it'll get us in shape for wherever we're going next yeah yeah we'll be uh it'll be some tough days i i think uh next four days it's gonna take 50 plus k for the break to go every day in my opinion I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. So. Yeah. Okay. We have a bit more time in this mini Dauphine uncut episode. So I'm going to bring in a topic from when I do this podcast normally um, and give you one question here. Uh, yeah. This is always a good one. Your craziest day on the bike. Oh, this is a tough one, but... I mean, it's not so much a funny story, but I have to go back. It was way back when I was still amateur. It was 2014. I actually got hit by a car when training yeah. on the bike. Yeah, and I got super hurt. Like I had, a, I broke my neck, broke my jaw, lost uh, all my teeth. That's where you have a scar on your. Yeah, yeah no, I got really hurt. I had face. to spend a week in the hospital down in. I was in Tucson, Arizona. Okay, maybe not that kind of crazy. Like yeah, an epic bike ride then. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, or race stuff like that I'm trying to think of a good crazy one I remember once I was out training back home in Canada in Canada this is when I was younger I think it was maybe 20 21 or something at the time and I was just and it was when I was actually at university at the time so I was in a town where I didn't have any family 
and like none of my friends had a car or anything like that. And I was kind of far, I was maybe 70 K away from home and this fucking storm blew in, man. And it was like, like, okay, I've ridden in wind before. You couldn't, you couldn't ride. Like I was getting blown off the road into the ditch and it was fucking like howl and wind and hail and everything like this. So I remember I fucking just hid in a ditch and waited on the side of the road until I saw a car come in and I just hitchhiked. So I put my thumb up. I don't know what you guys call it in Denmark, but like when you put your thumb up yeah, and yeah, hitchhike. And it was this old farmer and I just like threw my bike in the back of his pickup <laughs> and he just drove me into town. And he, used to, and he ended up like... How'd you get he, home then? But well, train? he drove me into town and then I could, whatever, I rode like the last 2K home from there. But... It, like it was one of those small world things because he ended up being the nephew of one of my professors that yeah. I had like a current class with. Yeah, because uh, I he was we were just whatever chit chatting on the ride back and he's like, oh yeah, like what are you doing here? I'm like, oh I'm a student and whatever. He's like, oh do you know I forget the professor's name? Do you know what's his face? And yeah, so mm. yeah, that was a crazy day. Yeah, I mean there's been a couple, but yeah. Um, what is your hate race to do? Oh, uh, this one is easy. It's shelter press. Sorry, not shelter press. Depana. 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 You know, in Denmark, because it's Dri Dagsi Depane. Yeah. That kind of sounds like when you're saying Danish, uh, three hits on the head. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, it it's actually on my cover picture, I think. It Tle- might as well be. Pen. That, and that's why it's there, because that's some kind of uh, lingo we man. have in Denmark. And it is always three hits in the head oh, to do least. that race it's funny because it's called it's still called three days to Pana, but it's now it's a one day race. it's just one day so it's, it's just, just one day of miserable oh but like it's just like you're just on all these tiny belgium roads and it's just shit it's actually quite a cool race now. it's a cool race because you then, do you do the mooring and you do laps yeah but and you it's do like, like these laps at the end where at one point you like turn and there's like these streetcar tracks that you're going in the same direction as yeah, which ra- yeah like railroads cy- yeah like most cyclists know like the streetcar tracks or the railroads luckily roads. i only did yeah it like that one time but yeah. i crashed as well <laughs> but they're the exact size of your tire yeah so if you go in it they're you're, like f- you're fucked eight tracks all oh, over the it's bike. crazy and then you go through like this suburb and there's just like curbs and corners and all this shit and there's this one yeah demoran demoran yeah Demorin, where like the trees are literally growing sideways because there's so much crosswind there. Oh, this race, man. I remember even like the last time I did it, I remember at one point, because you're just on these tiny roads and I got caught out at the back at one point and there's this one corner and I'm literally stopped with my foot on the ground because there's like a traffic jam going around this corner and I look around the corner and there's quick step with like six of their guys like sprinting at full team time trial. Yeah, and you're almost and standing like, still and, and waiting. To I'm literally standing still and I'm go like around I'm the racing corner. these guys. Yeah. And they're all together. <laughs> at least like I'm still in the peloton, but they're somehow a minute ahead of me. There you're just a spectator in your own race. Like, oh, it's just it's just like, like I'm like was, I I'll get dropped now. There's there was no, no point chance. in actually at that point <laughs> you can just turn around and go back. Yeah, you might as well. You're never gonna see them yeah, again yeah, yeah. until the finish line. No, nah, this race is yeah. What a race. But yeah, it's a classic Belgian race. Yeah. So we hit half an hour mark there. Next for you and for me is a small training camp. Yeah. In the Alps after this race, mm-hmm. uh, with the big dog through me. Um, it's gonna be fun. 
But first, we have to finish Dauphiné. Yeah, we'll finish up Dauphiné, and then, yeah, it'll be fun. We're going to head up. It's actually pretty close by to yeah. the Dauphiné. We just drive there the day after, and we'll be there, oh, I think, a week and a half, and do some good training, and yeah. Yeah. So, uh, thank you, Alex, for doing this uh, short podcast, uncut podcast, one take. And uh, maybe we'll do a proper one later at some time. Perfect. Um, yeah, thank you. Cool. Thanks, Matt. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.